You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Welcome back to Faster, More Intense for The Mandalorian, Chapter 16, The Rescue, the season finale of Season 2. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and I have a special Christmas gift for everybody. Uh, Happy Holidays, returning to the podcast, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. (laughs) Wow, Dank Ferrick, Mike, what a time to come back to this podcast. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Wow. It's a lot of stuff to talk about in this a crazy episode. And yeah, I'll just make this real quick. Um, you know, Mike's been, you know, doing this thing without me and he's been killing it. You know, he is the voice of the Thunderquack Podcast Network and he's bringing in some great guests. I was out, you know, I've had, uh, the last time I was on the show, I was on, we were doing, um, it was May and we were doing, yeah. um, you know, the, the end of the Clone Wars. So it's been a few months, it's been a few months, but just been moving and work and in and out, you know, four different places I've lived in and it's just been crazy. So get that out of the way and man, I'm ready yeah. to go, Mike. I'm ready to talk some Star Let's Wars. Let's do, do it. it. Uh, uh, two, th- two pieces of news. Uh, first we're going to check in with, uh, with the fundraiser, uh, the trans rights are human rights. This is the way fundraiser over on GoFundMe. You just go to gofundme.com and then search it there. Um, this is, this will be the last time I think that we check in with it. I, I, it's at $18,865. Obviously we were trying to, to push to get it to, uh, to the, uh, the, the 20,000 mark, but at this point, I think uh, everybody would just be really happy if we ended off uh, at nineteen thousand. So I, uh, so yeah, definitely go over there. It's it's so close. It's so close. Three hundred and thirty-five dollars, and uh, and it'll get there um, to nineteen thousand. So just check in with that. Maybe by the time we publish this episode, that'll already have happened. But uh, uh, regardless, thank you to everybody who who's uh, contributed to that and uh, and and helped us spread the word um it's a, it's, a lot of it's been an awesome fundraiser what an incredible achievement and we're only like we are very very tangentially i wouldn't even say involved we're just promoting this um but uh but it's been awesome to see uh to see all of the uh the the support um from everybody uh, in the star wars fandom it's very cool when we can do stuff like this um with that let's get into the the big news <laughs> The confusing news. So we're going to talk, we're going to talk the logistics of this right now. Yeah. Yeah. The logistics. And then we'll get into like what it means when we get to the end of the episode. Uh, Cause we'll have it in the recap, but just to, just to clarify for everybody, the book of Boba Fett was announced this Monday. It was kind of announced on Friday at the end of the episode when they said, you know, the book of Boba Fett coming in December, 2021. 
it was confusing because in the investor day presentation, Kathleen Kennedy said the next chapter of the Mandalorian would be coming in December of 2021. Now she mm-hmm. was very specific and said the next chapter that's, but, but that was still confusing language to me because the next chapter, they've all been chapters, chapter one, two, three, six, whatever. Right. So we are obviously ending on 16. The next chapter would be chapter 17. Apparently the next chapter is not chapter 17. The next chapter is a chapter out of, the book of Boba Fett. So mm-hmm. it is its own series. It is a spinoff of the Mandalorian. Uh, it will be taking place obviously in the same time period. I mean, we got our teaser of it. So we kind of get what it is. I, mm-hmm. yeah. the, the thing is, is that Mandalorian season three is still happening. So Mando isn't going anywhere. Like this is, there's still more story to tell with Din and, uh, and, and Grogu and, and these other characters right um so what john favreau said on good morning america yesterday i believe or maybe it was monday i i was i guess it was monday what day is it today it's tuesday today tuesday yes monday i am so confused yesterday (laughs) yesterday it was announced um he said i he said that they're basically like they're they're gearing up to shoot these back-to-back that when they finish production on Book of Boba Fett, they will be rolling right into Mandalorian season three, and yeah. uh, I think they're basically treating it as one thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. Now, whether or not that means Din is going to show up in Book of Boba or or other way around uh, is unclear. Um, it, I'm expecting there might be a time jump in Mandalorian. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, possibly. In order to deal with what happens at the end of this episode, which we'll talk about later. But uh, yeah, that's the logistics of it right now that we understand. And I'm sure that there will be a lot more clarification over the course of 2021. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Boba Fett getting his own series on Disney+. Plus. Well, I think... You know, along with everything too, we talked about last week. <laughs> well, you know, like you said, it was confusing because you have the end of this episode, which we're going to get to, and then the post credit scene... And then they say, oh, the Book of Boba Fett's coming in December. And you're like, whoa, wait a second. You know, like, there was that fear of like, are we losing the Mandalorian now? Is this going to take over? Yeah. And then, like you said, we got the clarification. They're actually filming this uh, production first. And it sounds like they're going, and once this is done, then they're going to roll right into Mandalorian uh, season three, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, But they're so not, the- not going to come out you know far i think they're supposed to come out like right after each other though i mean it's not like they're gonna and, wait and yeah until... that's that's what that indicates to me right is that mando right. season three will happen um sometime early 2021 i i imagine that that boba is december i i'm guessing that we'll probably get that first episode on christmas day um mm-hmm. that that seems like a logical thing for them to do uh, to premiere it then or they might premiere it at the beginning of the month but in any case i think it'll probably be around eight it'll probably be somewhere between six and ten chapters uh six and ten episodes right um mm-hmm. and we don't know it like is the book of boba fett is it an ongoing thing or is it a is it a limited series they haven't really used that language um so uh, we don't know is it only is it going to be kind of like a one season and done because ahsoka mm-hmm. is one season and done Obi-Wan is one season and done, right? Right, yeah. But some of these other shows are not, they don't use that language. So we'll have to, we'll have to kind of wait and see for some of those details. But as of right now, we know we're getting at least one season of the Book of Boba Fett. 
and then and then rolling back into uh, uh, Mando season three. And I I would guess that that the way that it'll work is that we'll get that, and then later on in the year we will either get Rangers or Ahsoka. Um, and yeah. that's kind of that's kind of their plan. Um, and and as a like like I would think like halfway through the year next next year. Um, sorry, did I say 2021? I meant 2022. So halfway through next year, we will be in a place where we will either have a Marvel or a Star Wars or a, a Disney animated or Disney Studios, I should say, a mm-hmm. series running with new episodes every week. So there will always be something new on Disney Plus. Um, and then by 2022, there will be a Star Wars or a Marvel drop every week i i guarantee that that's what like with everything oh, yeah. that we talked about in the investor day that's mm-hmm. what they're gearing up towards so um this really like it kind of sets them up in 2022 to have four seasons of television um at least if not if not more because i i i mean like we're all supposed to get andor in 2022 so i yeah, like and and that's early. So you know what? I'll let me revise. I'll bet you anything. What we get is we get Boba, that wraps up after its eight episodes, let's say, and then we roll into Andor. We get that, and then when Andor is done, we come back to Mando, and then mm. when Mando is done, maybe we go into Rangers or Ahsoka, um, uh, in the second half of the year. But uh, and maybe we'll get like brief, like one or two weeks in between. And then remember also that we've got Bad Batch, (laughs) right, which will not be one season. Uh, And there are still a lot of rumors about about the Rebels sequel series uh, in animated form. And that hasn't gone away. I like there's no indication that that's been canceled in any way or that Ahsoka is taking that over. I think the fact mm. that Ahsoka is a limited run series is an indicator that it's not taking that over. So anyways, mm. um, yeah. lots of speculation. There's lots of stuff that we'll be talking about. And obviously like Matt and I will be back. I I'm guessing probably sometime around March for bad batch when that drops. Uh, that's kind of when we're expecting to see it in that same time spot, uh, that, that same season as, as clone wars occupied last year. So when that happens, you know, hopefully Matt has a has a room to set up a computer in that he can <laughs> we'll record regularly. Yeah, I like uh, I, I got a few not, months to figure you know, it out. Just, yeah, you'll just have to you'll just have to put your computer in the middle of your bedroom and uh, <laughs> like uh, I'm doing right now, record like you're in college. I that's what I'm doing I, right oh, now, man. This is gorilla yeah. gorilla recording right now. I'm telling you what, man. Um, We're good. You know, but you sound great, so nobody can tell. Uh, but, That's but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And when we're back then, like, I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about with, with all this other stuff. So go and ahead. Book of Boba Fett real quick before we head on to this episode. Yeah. We just got to mention too, that it's Dave Filoni, it's John Favreau and Robert Rodriguez, which yeah. I thought he did a fantastic job with the, what he did with Boba Fett, bringing him back and the action and all that. It didn't say he's directing it though. He just said he was part of the uh, production team, I guess. He was one of the, yeah, he's one of the executive producers. The I producers, think what you're going to yeah, see, yeah. I think what you're going to see, this is my prediction right now. Uh, John Favreau is going to lead Mandalorian. Uh, Rodriguez is going to lead uh, Book of Boba Fett. Bo- Filoni Boba Fett, is yeah. obviously going to lead 
uh, Ahsoka. And depending yeah. on whether or not Rangers is at the same, like airs at at the like in conjunction with Ahsoka, he may just he may do Ahsoka and then switch over to Rangers because we don't really know what that looks like. Like, are we gonna get all mm. four of these series in the same year? Like, are all are they all kind of happening happening simultaneously, or is it? Uh, not even simultaneously but like in sort of like in direct sequence or is ahsoka gonna happen and then ahsoka is done by the time that that's done they're like they've announced the rebel sequel series with her and sabine um and then and then he's moved on to uh, uh rangers of the new republic right um yeah. or are we gonna get one of the other directors from season one or two of of mando that's gonna Mm. that's gonna helm rangers like could we see uh rick famuyiwa take that one on could we see uh uh, bryce dallas howard uh, Howard, run that right um which which like look uh there are no snoozers there 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 haven't been any bad episodes of the mandalorian like i let's be really really clear about that because you hear a lot of people talking a lot of static online especially on twitter and don't get me wrong like like i'm friends with with a lot of these people some of them have been guests on the show um but i am of the opinion personally there has not been a bad episode of this show yet there have certainly been episodes that i'm like hmm, that was a little bit weird i uh, but not not really complete episodes for me it's just like aspects elements have been off from time to time, but nothing that breaks anything, in my opinion. And every director that's been brought in has done a fantastic job. Um, that said, I do have my favorites, and that's that's definitely um, Deborah Chow at the top, which thankfully she's going to do Obi Wan, Rick Famuyiwa, mm-hmm. and then Bryce Dallas Howard. Like I, I think that they have just done fantastic jobs with their episodes, um, and I would love to see them uh, I get their own shows basically mm-hmm. to run but uh we'll see again this is all speculation yeah. let's um let's let's jump into let's jump into our recap let's get into this let's get into the weeds let's on do this it one. it's oh, a long man. recap but we're gonna we're gonna power through this because because we got a lot a lot of stuff to talk about uh yeah directed by peyton reed uh written by john favreau in deep space a lambda class shuttle carrying dr pershing is pursued by the slave one narrowly dodging blast from the bounty hunter Boba Fett's ship. Finally, the shuttle is disabled by an ion blast and boarded by Din Djarin and Cara Dune. They're after Pershing, and although one of the pilots is willing to give him up, the other would rather kill his crewmate than hand over the clone scientist. The pilot recognizes Cara as a survivor of Alderaan. He tells her that the destruction of Alderaan was worth it to end the rebellion's terrorism. Cara responds with a blaster bolt straight to the pilot's head singeing dr pershing's ear i <laughs> uh, great opening to the episode i mean like look we talked about this a little bit the last couple weeks i i, I was a boba fett hater for a while there you know how i was especially I during the clone yeah. wars it was like the more yeah. we got of boba <laughs> in clone wars the more i despise that character and i was like he has done nothing of consequence in the entire saga other than lead vader to han solo like, let's be really clear. Boba didn't catch Han Solo. Vader caught Han Solo, right? Like, mm-hmm, right. If, if, if that door had opened and it was just Boba standing there on the other side, Han would have shot his blasters. It would have bounced off the Beskar and Boba would have done something. And it would have been like a 30-minute 
sequence of them duking it out with Han, yeah. Leia, and che- Han, Leia, Chewie, uh, 3PO escaping from Cloud City, right? Um, but because it was Vader, he's like, nah, <laughs> twang, twang, and then he pulls the, the blaster, right? And, yeah. he, and uh, you know, let's let's have a nice, awkward meal. Um, what are your intentions with my daughter, right? I, I, yeah, obviously, he doesn't know that yet. But, but they have... They have absolutely restored Boba Fett in my eyes to how I felt about him the first time that I saw him on screen. Like back when I was playing with action figures and uh, and making up my own Star Wars stories. And, and, and along with that comes Slave One, which has been cooler in Mandalorian yeah. than it ever was in Empire or Attack of the Clones. And like, don't mm. get me wrong. I love the sequence in Attack of the Clones, right? The the asteroid chase in Attack of the Clones is iconic. Obviously, the moment in last in yeah last week's episode only works so well because it is a callback, right? Other like I mean, otherwise, I guess it would if it were the first time we saw the Sonic mine, then it, that would still be pretty cool. But um, but it is awesome because it's like he, he, they're going up, and you're like. Is he gonna use the? Is he gonna use the? And then he does. He uses the sonic charge, right? <laughs> the the, 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 the yeah. space yeah. death charges. So, um, yeah, yeah, like like, and then in this one, uh, Slave One has two standout moments. I, I and this first one is pretty great, and we find out it's got ion cannons <laughs> because of course mm. it does. It's Boba. He's a bounty hunter. Sometimes he's got to take him alive, right? Beautiful. Um, yeah. <laughs> well let's yeah. not talk about how they managed to dock the slave one with a tidarium class shuttle like like a lambda shuttle yeah like, how does that like, work you know what who cares it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because <laughs> i was thinking they the both same have thing. docking no, ramps dock but like, did, did the docking yeah. ramps kiss i don't know but yeah it's, I, it's who, who cares it yeah. doesn't matter din and Kara come <laughs> aboard and they and they managed to get pershing the other thing is like well, this is in media res, right? Like we just come in right in the middle of the story where, how did they know where Pershing was? Right. But it doesn't yeah. matter. Cause the next scene, how do right. they know where Bo-Katan is? It doesn't matter in between the last episode and this episode, they figured that stuff out. That was out, easy yeah. by comparison to figuring out where Gideon was. Right. So mm. um, great, great yeah. opening of the episode. What do you think? Oh yeah. I mean, you talk about a cold open and just, I mean, right when this thing starts, here we go. It's a, you know, Slave One versus a Lambda Shuttle. It's like, oh, this is fantastic. Um, and I'll tell you what, you're right about like Boba Fett. I remember you talking about it. Yeah, you were, you, like you said, you weren't the biggest fan. But I'll tell you what, in one episode, Robert Rodriguez, Dave Filoni, and, and John Favreau kind of turned everybody around on Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, I, yeah so, but I'll tell you what, here's a couple of things in this intro. Um, the conversation between Cara Dune and one of the, uh, I guess it's the co- one of the co-pilots. Uh, very interesting stuff. Talking, you know, going back and forth about Alderaan and hey, you know, you were on the Death Star. Which one were you on? Yeah. And kind of getting deep there, you know. And then she finally just blasts the dude. You know, you could tell there's a little bit of obviously anger there. Yeah. And uh, the and the one other shot that I loved is this shot of the Slave One before it docked. You see it kind of come up into the view of the shuttle, and you see kind of Boba you know piloting it and it's just like an ominous look you know it's like oh man what a yeah. fantastic shot i just love that shot so but anyway good. yeah yeah so slave one and we've got to see how kind of the inner workings work i think it was last episode you can see how it turns and the 
you know, if you're sitting down, it kind of moves around you. It's just oh, yeah. great stuff. Um, I'll keep going. So good. Slave yeah. one. You want to keep going, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Slave one descends to a planet littered with massive refineries and lands at a small outpost next to a Mandalorian gauntlet fighter. Inside the cantina, Din and Boba find Bo-Katan and Koska Reeves. Din needs their help rescuing the child. But Bo and Koska have a problem with his traveling partner. Din convinces them to join him by offering Bo-Katan a chance at capturing the Imperial light cruiser, but not before Koska and Fett throw down. Bo-Katan and Koska will join them in exchange for the Darksaber, and Din agrees, telling them the child is his only priority. And man, I'll tell you what, Koska... First of all, watching Boba and Din walk in and yeah. the shot of them just kind of together, oh, I was like, this is awesome. And then you get the fight between Koska and and yeah. Boba and their banter. And, oh, man, some great stuff. This is what I love about the show. I mean, the, we'll talk about more of these fights, obviously, later on. But everything is just so crisp and the moves are fantastic. There's nothing over embellished so you know what i mean yeah, yeah. so i don't know any, any thoughts on the on this little meeting here mike yeah i mean like i think i think this is where we begin to see after the like sort of resulting from last week's episode it's like din took the helmet off right and 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 i think that the words from uh uh, uh from mayfeld have have really sunk in with him. It's like, we've all got our lines. We're not willing to cross until things get mm. messy. Right. Like, and, and Din is there, it's messy. And he's just like, he's resolved after, after what he had to do. Like he, he's broken the code, right? Like he's, 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 uh, if he's asked by the, the covert again, like, have you, have you removed your helmet or has it been removed? Uh, he's going to have to be like, yeah, it has but I don't care. Mm. Right. Um, so he's kind of, he's kind of left the creed behind, which is interesting. Um, but it's also resulted in him having this, like this very, um, like defined purpose now. And that purpose is to get Grogu back from Gideon. Um, mm. and he's not, he's, yeah. he will stop at nothing. Literally he will stop at nothing to get Grogu back. And we'll talk about that later. But I, but the, but the big thing here is he's like, he's like, look, you can have the cruiser. You can have whatever sabers you want. I don't care. I need you to help me get the kid back. That's my only priority. And having him actually say that in no uncertain terms, like, like he is my priority. End of sentence. Um, I think was really important so that we understand where he's at. Um, now when we get to the end of the episode, it's interesting. Mm. It's interesting how mm. resolved he is here and then how that kind of turns at the end, but, but we'll get there, uh, back on the slave one, the assembled strike team begins th to devise their plan to assault Gideon's cruiser. Pershing warns them that it won't be as easy as they think, citing the contingent of third generation dark troopers aboard, which, by the way, implies a first and second generation of dark troopers, uh, mm. which all that all ties into the video games. Right. Uh, these troopers have eliminated the final weakness in the design, their human components. They are battle droids. Uh, the plan is to use the shuttle to land in the cruiser's launch tube, cutting off their ability to deploy interceptors. Once aboard, Bo-Katan will lead Koska, Kara, and Fennec Shan to the bridge, while Din Djarin takes advantage of the distraction to retrieve Grogu. 
but he'll have to disable the dark troopers holding bay on his way. Uh, so I love it. I love this the return of the Jedi vibes here, right? We got the hologram. Mm. We've got mm, the yeah. plan. We've got the tools. We've got the talent. Like, let's do it. <laughs> um, Good reference. And I love it. I love it when it's clear. And the best so thing about it being clear here is that now we can focus. I, this is the same as last week. We've got our plan. Let's focus on the story now, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Now there's a lot of action here, but we do get our great character moments. We do actually, we get a lot of character building with a lot of characters, um, but it's all done through action. There's not that much dialogue, uh, mm-hmm. but oh, we no. do get yeah. we do get the the reaffirmation that as much as Din is only after Grogu, Bo-Katan is after Gideon. And mm. through Gideon, the Darksaber. But here's where Bo-Katan is making a huge mistake. She's being very vague about her terms. <laughs> and she needs to be yeah. very specific about how this happens. Yeah. I, but in any case, I, I, you know, it, it all, it's got to play out the way it's going to play out in order for the next part of the story to happen. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, any, anything about this? Or, well, you know, the... No, yeah, the, the I think the sentence too that makes it is you know he talks about these dark troopers and he took out like the human element and that was the only thing and now these things are just they're like terminators now you know they even yeah. had obviously terminator vibes going through this whole thing like almost oh, unstoppable yeah. especially for this team and then we find out why they kind of went away from them uh, yeah. you know I guess you know it's just because you know butter you know knife through butter as far as the lightsaber <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. Um, you know, you're talking about Bo-Katan and also, you know, when she was talking to, um, just before this, she was talking to Boba Fett and they had that exchange and, um, you know, she's talking about, you know, you're a disgrace to your armor and he's saying, hey, I never yeah. said I was a Mandalorian, you know, yeah. just this banter between these two is like, oh man, his Mandalorian factions, is this going to turn around? Is this what's going to happen in the Mandalorian season three, Mike? Are we going to get like this the, thing going well, on between these two? Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. so. Man. Okay, I'm going to stop right here. I am so happy to have you back because as much as I have loved every guest that we've had, we've had some really great conversations. You know how to set me up. Like you know and you <laughs> like you, <nobody> else. <laughs> you grab the stuff. This is why you're my faithful co-pilot because you grab the stuff that like I would have I I might have accidentally glossed over and then regretted not talking about. Yes. That is exactly what they're setting up. This is so important. This episode, having these mm-hmm. three characters in the same place, talking to each other. We've got Din, who represents the 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 children of the Watch. We have Bo-Katan, who represents the, the Night Owls and, and the old Mandalorians, right? Um uh, or not necessarily the old Mandalorians, but the Mand- like the, the classic Mandalorians uh, that sure. that yeah. were ruling Mandalore. I, I before the peace stuff happened and then we've got boba who represents the uh let's call them like the journeyman protector journeyman Mandalorian, protector, yeah who yeah. like yeah. who don't they have no allegiance to anything mandalore doesn't matter right and and like when he hears that they that they want to go that they want to retake mandalore boba's like whatever like why they've like the empire turned it to glass 
right? Like, which is a way mm-hmm. of them saying for people who are unclear, that's basically that they like bombarded it from orbit and just destroyed everything or that they used some sort of super weapon to take out the whole planet. Now, Mandalore was already a barren wasteland before right. because of the Mandalorian right. Wars, right? Uh, right? And I think because mm-hmm. of the war with the Jedi, right? And that's why the the remaining Mandalorians lived in the Dome Cities, so that's one of those things that like you have to go back to to Clone Wars and rewatch those episodes to get that that subtext. Like Mandalore has never been a nice place to live. Well, I mean, maybe it was a long time ago, but in recent yeah. history, it has not been a nice place to live. And yet, like like I, this is what the whole series of is about. The Mandalorian, much like last week with the title "The Believer," the Mandalorian is. a a title with so many facets to it. Yes. It's about Din. It's also about Boba. Now we obviously it is, it is very much about Boba. It is also about Bo-Katan. It is about Mandalore. It's about the Mandalorian people. Right. And Mm. the key here, what they talk about later in this episode with the, the dark saber is that, it's not that the Darksaber has the power to rule. The Darksaber has the power to unite the clans. And that's mm. where that is where um I think Bo-Katan has failed in the past. And it's and honestly, I think it's why she doesn't deserve the Darksaber now. Because mm. Bo-Katan wants to restore just like Luke wants to restore the old Jedi, right? Like that's he thinks that that's yeah. his mission. We'll talk about that. Yeah. And obviously he was wrong. We know that from the sequel trilogy, right? It's not about restoring the old Jedi. It's about finding a new way. And it's, ex- it's the same with the Mandalorians. And it's not Boba Fett's way. It's not uh, Bo-Katan's way. It's not the Armorer's way. Din is the best person to unite the clans and restore Mandalore to its former glory. That's it. I, I will die on that hill. That yeah, like I that is where going. this story yeah. is going. Otherwise, what's yeah. the point of introducing Din as the main character? And my other piece is that the path forward for both the Mandalorians and the Jedi is not a, is not separate parallel paths, but a, but one path together. And I think that the point of Grogu and Din is that it's and it ties back into Sabine and Ezra as well. The point of these stories is to bring the Mandalorians and the Jedi together. It's to bring the samurai and the ninja and the shinobi together into one mm. clan, right? Into yeah. into one, not necessarily one belief structure because the, they're, they're different things. You don't have to be a Jedi to be a Mandalorian or vice versa, but they they both need to abandon this idea of a centralized temple or castle or whatever, and realize that like they, they, the purpose of both of these groups is to defend the galaxy from those who would, who would essentially uh, oppress others. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. like that's not the Mandalorian way either. It's like, like they have so much in common yet they war, right. The, the Mandalorians and the Jedi, they're enemies, but they're actually reflections of one another. And Mm. like, they are, they're the samurai and the ninja, right? Like, like, like that's, that's what they are in terms of, of the mythology. And 
uh, and to me, it's like like the way for both of them to survive and flourish and and to rebuild the galaxy and bring restore peace and justice to the galaxy is together. And I think mm. that that's the whole point. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Obviously, we've got years left of storytelling with this. We're nowhere <laughs> yeah. near the end of this story. Yeah. I think we are. I think one of the problems that a lot of people had is that they thought that season two would be the darker middle chapter, the empire strikes back or the last Jedi. It's not, it's the end of a new hope. The end of this episode is the end of a new hope, right? We did it. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. The next chapter, starting with the book of Boba Fett and leading into Mando season three and Ahsoka and Rangers of the new Republic it will be the darker middle chapter and it, and mm. it'll probably be the next two years. It'll be 2021, 2022, and then 2023 forward will be return of the Jedi. Return Jedi. That'll, yeah. be, that'll be when Grogu <laughs> yeah. comes back, I think uh, to Din and, and, and it'll be the, it'll be the war for Mandalore. It'll be the Mandalorians yeah. fighting the Imperial remnant for, Mandalore because I I was asked the question uh, online of like what's like like what's on Mandalore like why do they want Mandalore and I was like there's nothing like uh, according to the Empire and according to what everybody says there's nothing on Mandalore anymore it's been destroyed basically right it still stands but it's but like the planet is uninhabitable I think that that is subterfuge and I think that it's the first order is using Mandalore as the beginning of oh, the first order something else that, gotcha. that yeah, yeah that like they, they're doing whatever they're doing in the unknown regions as well but they're but they've also they have a facility on mandalore they're using mandalore for something and that's going to be the story that we eventually discover is that like we have to well, retake mandalore smokes. because if we don't the empire is going to come back yeah they've just got jars and jars <laughs> of pickle snokes just waiting yep. so anyways uh, we just covered funny. a lot of ground we just we just did what we always do uh let's let's jump back that's into funny. it okay here we go emerging from hyperspace boba puts on a good show of pursuing the shuttle as it speeds towards the cruiser they call in their distress signal and the cruiser clears them to dock gideon orders his tie fighters to launch and two make it out of the launch tube before the shuttle gets too close Moving at high speed, the pilot, uh, the pilot, the shuttle directly into the launch tube, preventing more fighters from launching. Boba takes out the pursuing ties and jumps to hyperspace. So, just a really cool action scene. And I love. Here's the, yeah. the thing I love about this show is it's doing these, like I talked about earlier with the slave one coming up, and you get a different view. Same thing with these tubes. You get these tubes with these tie fighters jumping out, and you get this different view. And it's just a cool scene. And I was wondering, like, why do they want to? You know why are they trying to get in there? And it's obvious. Okay, now they just want to prevent more Tie Fighters from coming out, so Boba can get out of there. Um, so a cool action scene, good stuff. You know they crash in there. Mike, any? This is kind of a all action here, right? I mean, there's not much to say about this one. Yeah, it was just awesome. It was great, uh, great action, real quick, fast stuff. The launch tube was yeah. super cool. Um, and yeah. then I uh, watching the the cannons on the Slave One rotate backwards and fire behind them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the slave one is awesome. It's it. I just yeah, love, yeah. I love that. We talked about this in, in um, uh, the tragedy. I, uh, when Boba uses the, the knee pad rocket launchers and it's like, there's all of these things that we know from, 
sometimes from the toys, sometimes from the books or the comics, but whatever, like all this stuff that we're like, Oh, like the, the slave one can do this. Boba Fett's armor can do this. Um, but we've never seen any of it on screen before. And there are so many opportunities where, and like, like they talk about it. John Favreau talks about it. It was like, this is playing with action figures and it's yeah. wish fulfillment. It's doing everything that we've always wanted them to do. Um, and so it was just cool to see that. I just, I loved it. And then, and then Boba jumping away. Now here's the, the elephant in the room. Boba jumps away a, because it's part of the plan B because they did not want him on the cruiser when you know who shows up at the end. <laughs> I, there was a very yeah, clear right. yeah. reason exactly. for that. And, and there have been a lot of people who are like, Oh, why couldn't they have had that, that moment? And then, you know, Boba could have been like, Oh, you know, like I've, I'm, I'm not that man sort of thing. I, here's the thing. I think that Boba might be a bit of a snake in, in, or a wolf in sheep's clothing. At, at, at the I think so too. Yeah. Um, and I think that the book of Boba Fett intro uh, him taking that throne. We'll talk about it, but That's, I think that yeah. might be indicating the I'm direction tracking. for that character and that he is not necessarily the hero that he made himself out to be in the tragedy. Um, circumstances and honor led us towards uh, feeling a certain way about him up until this point. But I think that I think that the next time that he and Din cross paths, they will not be allies. Um, no. And I think yeah, it's going to involve you. Cobb Vance. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah. Um, yeah man, we're going to have to come back after the holidays and you and me are going to have to do another episode where I talk to you about everything else from the season. Cause I'm holding back <laughs> on like, season. cause I want to be like, yeah. what did you think of Cobb Vance? Well, we don't have time. There's no time. No, right. We got We got to no. get through this. Uh, <laughs> we got to get through it. That's fine. We'll have time. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that stuff. I, uh, back aboard the cruiser, the strike team descends the docking ramp, taking out any defenses in the launch bay. Uh, Gideon deploys the dark troopers, but it will take a few moments for them to power up. Uh, do you want to continue? Because we, we, we're just in action. We can just we can just kind of run through these. Yeah, paragraphs. yeah. And just and just watching the girls here do their thing. I mean, yeah. you know, Bo Katan throws her uh, her rope and then pulls the dude, and then um, yeah. uh, she jumps and does a knee. It's just like, oh man, some crazy action. Uh, let's see where are we at uh, with the launch. Yeah. Now, where might go too far? Yeah, no, no, that's right. Yeah, uh, with the launch bay now defenseless, Din disembarks, headed toward the brig. The strike team is making their way through the ship, easily dispatching any Imperial defenses on their way to the bridge. Meanwhile, Din narrowly avoids stormtroopers on his way to Grogu. Uh, yeah, we. I, lo- I love the pacing of this, the cutting back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. the like that the sort of high action with the with the ladies and then Din doing his uh, his best ninja impression <laughs> in his shiny yeah. shiny armor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not exactly stealth, but then again, it's yeah. an imperial ship, which the lighting is always impeccable on an imperial ship. So there's nowhere to hide, anyways. Uh, right, right in the cargo right. hold, Fennec and Kara take down even more troopers with the help of the night owls. The dark troopers are almost ready to, to deploy just as Din makes it to the bay. Kara's gun jams and she resorts to bludgeoning troopers with it as they gain access to the turbo lift. This is a great place for me to just to just uh, mention, you know, uh, it is so difficult to watch the show when Kara is in it because I'm so conflicted. Her character is so great. Her performance, in my opinion, gets better and better with every appearance. 
that 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 attitude that she's got online is just really difficult to reconcile. It's just so hard um, as she continues to tell people not to wear masks and I, uh, I, you know, I, I, I do all sorts of ridiculous things. Um, so, you know, it's uh, like, it's, to me, it's yeah. like, like, cause the mask thing is politics aside, you know, like, like for me, it's like masks, the masks and the, the, the trans rights things, which like, I don't, I don't personally think that she's transphobic. I just think that she has handled that situation incredibly poorly and should make an apology. Um, but, but then like, she like rolled right from that into the, like, into the, the, the hardcore Trump support and the, uh, the, the, uh, and the, the anti-mask, uh, anti-vaccine stuff. And it's like, like, come on, man, like vaccines are science. The masks are science. Like, let's just, there's, this isn't about politics. It's just about making sure that more people don't die. So, that stuff to me is just, it's really, really hard to get around that. That said, when she just whips that gun around and just uses the butt <laughs> yeah. of it to just baseball bat a trooper in the face, like, it's awesome, <laughs> right? It's awesome. Yeah. I just, yeah. it's like it, it's just every time Cara Dune does something cool, it breaks my heart because I want to love the character. Um, so I don't know. I'm really hoping that Disney PR can just get it like, like that the machine can kind of get a handle on it and just, I don't care if she, like she can think whatever she wants to think here. This is the thing. And this is, this is, this might not be the stance that s- some of the people online uh, want me to take, but, but I'm just going to say this. I think whatever you want to think, right? That's true. If you have a platform, I gotta agree you have to there. be careful yeah. with your platform. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you're working for a company like Disney and you're in a property like star Wars, maybe just keep some of this stuff to yourself. Honestly, like just don't go around picking fights. Like that to me is the thing is that like, there's a few people in the last six months of this year that have, that have gone beyond like having their opinions and they've gone out of their way to like pick fights with people on the other side. And that's where I get into the place of like, I can't, I can't get past that. Like, don't go like, like, you know, like you, you're, you have a responsibility with your platform. Don't, uh, it, it happened recently with, um, with the actress, uh, uh, Letitia Wright, who plays, uh, Shuri in the Black Panther movies. And she was posting some stuff about like some anti-vax stuff. And she was like, whoa, whoa, I'm not saying that I agree with it. I'm just saying like, maybe we should think about this stuff. And it's like, well, are you a doctor? Are you a medical professional? Because if you're not, then your opinion on the matter is kind of irrelevant. Unfortunately, a lot of the people that follow you on Twitter aren't going to think that way. So you're mishandling the situation, right? Like if you mm. want, if, if you want to post what, what a, a trusted medical professional said, that's one thing. If you want to post what some idiot on YouTube says about vaccines, you're being irresponsible, right? Like, like, like we can have a point counterpoint on a lot of these conversations and which I, I'm totally willing to debate which vaccine is the most effective. We can have that conversation <laughs> as long as we're all agree, in agreement that we should be vaccinating everyone that can get vaccinated to protect the people who can't get vaccines because they have autoimmune compromisations, whatever. Right. So I don't want to get into all this stuff, but like 
but that that to me is just like sort of the line in the sand of like just like use your platform appropriately um you should be on there to talk about your 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 projects and not necessarily yeah. about about yeah, science sure, if sure. if you're not if you're not gonna do the work like don't don't muse these things out loud on twitter because some people will take it as fact right and so like like because i don't want people getting canceled any more than anyone else does um but but i do think that some of these people need a class in in you know appropriate uh use of social media and and sort of pr stuff because they're just making stupid decisions it's just dumb that's the frustrating part it's just dumb yeah it has no bearing on star wars (laughs) right well that's the thing right it's like that's the thing is like, I think on both sides, you know, you, it's just, I'd rather you just not say anything. And, you know, if anybody's yeah. looking to, to, to actors and actresses for any kind of advice, it's probably not the best thing to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. In that route. <laughs> but I'll just say, too, I, and, and, yeah. and with her and with her acting, I know you talked about her acting. I'm kind of with you on that as well, because I think she's getting there. She's not quite there yet you know she's she's it's hanging with wouldn't. some big people here you know what i mean yeah, yeah she's hanging yeah, with yeah. some pretty good stars here and it's gonna be it's got to be kind of intimidating for her to try to act with these other people but sure. she's doing the best she can so but the action was fantastic you know yeah like, she is great. she is certainly the lowest rung on the ladder uh in in the in the final scene of this episode it's like oh yeah like there's yeah. there's definitely like i would say even grogu it's a, it delivers a bit of a better performance but oh, yeah. but for the character that she plays in the uh, yeah for the character that she plays in the job <laughs> that she needs to do i think that she does she's doing a really good job and she is learning from the people around her i just wish that she would learn some of this other stuff like uh like for example you know like i i really haven't seen that much from ming na wen about her politics <laughs> i you know right. pedro exactly. pascal is different and they to me they almost balance each other out and that's one of the things that's like this is one of the reasons why we keep talking about the fundraiser and we just, you know say that trans rights are human rights in, as a part of this conversation because i think that that's important just to just to sort of balance out the you know uh, uh, what's on screen and and the actor and and sort of the things that that have happened this year. So, in any mm. case, I hopefully by the time that we sit down to talk about Mandalorian for season three, this has been resolved one way or another, <laughs> and we can just focus on the story and not mm-hmm. have to worry about this. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, continue. Let's 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 okay. keep going. Let's do this. Uh, one of the dark troopers manages to get out of the bay as Din disables the door. It begins a relentless assault on the Mandalorian, pummeling his Beskar helmet into the bulkhead. Din uses his flamethrower to escape his grasp, but the mechanical monstrosity is not even slowed down. It continues its attack, blasting the Mando, who is protected by his armor. Din launches his whistling birds, but they have little effect on the dark trooper. Finally, he reports to the Beskar spear. Uh, resorts to the Beskar spear, skewering the droid through its throat and decapitating it. Din narrowly manages to activate the bay's out airlock, venting the remaining troopers into space. And wow, I'll tell you what, man. Jeez, uh, this this is where this whole, from right here, Mike, this thing yeah. is just going, man. I mean, Din's going after this this fight with the Terminator. Oh. Uh, him smashing the helmet. And it's just, you're just yeah. like, oh my, and it won't stop. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. He's just like, yeah. how's he going to get out of this thing? And of course, and it, it is spear. a Terminator, right? I mean, yeah, we've seen yeah. we've seen battle droids, 
and and I use the word battle droid in some of the descriptions in, in this episode in this recap. But um, these dark troopers are an advancement on anything that we may have seen in in the uh, in the Clone Wars. Like uh, mm. to me, they are everything about everything intimidating about the commando droids um, mixed with the sheer might of the super battle droids right because the super battle droids were powerful but they were stupid they didn't there was no strategy with them right the commando battle droids uh were uh were quick and and uh, uh agile and these aren't quite quick and agile like the commando ones but no. but no. they obviously like this thing has more than one trick up its sleeve um, as opposed to the, the super battle droids, which just tend to point the blaster and advance. Right. Um, right. But we know like there's a, there's a whole story purpose to why super battle droids and battle droids are what they are. And there are allegories for that. The dark troopers on the other hand are, are this other thing. And they're meant to be exactly what you call them. They are terminators. These are star Wars terminators. And when Din jams the, the, uh, the flamethrower into it and lights that thing up and it just, it backs off. But then it just turns and looks at him. You can hear the Terminator <laughs> yeah. theme. It's like dun, 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 dun. like you just you can just hear it. Like it like you yeah. you're screwed, Din. Like like what are you gonna do? Um, but but thankfully he's got that Beskar spear, which like he does he tries everything. He uses every trick in his arsenal. Um, uh, but uh, but it's that spear. Oh, he does. And, and yeah, then the great yeah. thing is that from here on out, that's what we see him use is the spear right so Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah, here i'll I'll continue Uh, back in the turbo lift dune manages to get her blaster cannon working just as they exit into the hallway leading to the bridge they take it easily disarming the ship's defenses but gideon is nowhere to be found outside the brig din quickly handles the two troopers standing guard using his spear he opens the cell revealing grogu shackled with gideon standing over him the dark saber unsheathed and activated uh this is the last place we want to see gideon right but you kind of i saw this coming you saw this coming right obviously yeah sure yeah 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 the second he realized something was going on he he headed towards grogu Uh, yeah you got to have your uh your ace you know your your backup plan there so uh gideon casually threatens the child as he tells din to drop his blaster mando complies demanding that he hand over the child Gideon knows that Din has taken the ship with the help of Bo-Katan and that he has already used the uh, one shot from his wrist launcher. Gideon knows that Kreese is after the Darksaber, but Din doesn't care. He is just there for the kid. The Moth lowers his defenses and tells Din he can take Grogu so long as he leaves the ship immediately. And I'll tell you what, I, I first of all, from here, I mean, Gideon, his uh, Giancarlo Esposito, fantastic in this role man he's so good he's such a good bad guy and he had me fooled there for a second i thought man he really is gonna let him go like how's this gonna and then i started to think wait a minute i remember him saying (laughs) way back in an interview that there's gonna be a fight and wow is this the fight next i guess it's the fight next i'll wait yeah yeah. my comments for the fight after you go ahead with that mike if you want to go here we go uh din advances and gideon reveals that of course he was lying uh, the Darksaber rebounds repeatedly off Din Gar- Din's Beskar plate, and the two begin a duel in the hallway, Din using the Beskar spear to defend against the black lightsaber's humming blade. Gideon puts up a good fight, but he's no match for the Mandalorian. 
Din disarms them off and points the spear at his throat. Gideon realizes he's being taken alive and just laughs. Uh, yeah, he, he is. Look, Gideon is one of the best villains we've ever gotten in Star Wars. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, that that could, that was up for debate before this episode. But once we got this episode, um, yeah, yeah, th- there's a few things that he does. But the way that he is just sort of always calm and collected. Uh, uh, I in think the that's what of, it is. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. he's so good at he's just like he's like oh you're taking me alive well this will be entertaining because he knows what's coming <laughs> next right yeah um, but the fight yeah. itself was so great and i've heard a lot of people talk about it. i've listened to a few episodes of, of you know i uh, uh, what the force and uh, uh sky talkers and uh, and a few things what i haven't heard yet is anybody reference the the moment where he kicks the spear he's mm-hmm. fighting and he's kind of got it he's kind of got it I I like like a like over his the back of his shoulder and he kicks it with the back of his foot and flips the spear around like so he gives it momentum and then hurls it and that's sort of the move that gives him the upper hand to take out Gideon and I it was awesome it was so good it was so cool to see I I can't wait to see more spear stuff uh because I think that the more they use it the better it'll get in the series um like like the cooler stuff that they'll that they'll do with it, the more comfortable they get with choreographing it. Because um, I think there is a specific challenge to choreographing a spear versus a, a lightsaber, um, in terms of a fight that you want to last longer than two minutes. Because <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah. I think that a spear is at, like the range on a spear is at, like a spear that can stand up to a lightsaber is a really great. I I weapon to use against the lightsaber because lightsabers only work at close range. Right. So, um, yeah, to me, it's like, like, uh, uh the one thing that, that doesn't really get done with it yet is, is hasn't really been thrown, which I want to see, but I, <laughs> I, yeah, but I love it. Cause yeah. I, I love spear. Like I, I, like I've, I've always been a fan of like, like sword and spear, uh, sorry, shield and spear. Like, like that's just such a, like, like very like Greek, like uh gladiatorial, uh, style weapon so um yeah yeah I, I thought i thought they did a really cool job with this fight what what, what were your thoughts on it oh man I, you know everybody's I, obviously we're going to talk about the ending and how great that was but i'll tell you what as far as a combat scene this takes the cake for the season for me i mean this was yeah. amazing you you talked about it that kick like he does like it's so there's so many intricate moves here that you almost have to i had to watch like three times and you're kind of like breaking it down, like, oh my gosh, he did! He, like you said, Mike, he kicks it behind him, and it comes up behind his shoulder, and he, you know what I mean? Like, it's like oh my gosh! Now we know that um, Pedro Pascal did a lot of the stuff in Game of Thrones. Do you? I'm assuming he probably didn't do this kind of stuff, but I mean, it seemed like he would be almost capable of doing it. I've seen him as Oberon Martell; he was pretty good with that spear. Um, but yeah. I think uh, it, it, whoever did this, I, I didn't get a chance to look at the stunt coordinator or who's the stunts, but man, what an yeah, amazing Yeah, I, I don't and know. Just to see I, that. Get... I, it's a, because of the helmets on, we don't know, <laughs> right? But Yeah, yeah. But I, I, but yeah, I, regardless, they did a great job. <laughs> I no, think, I, I, I do think that we'll see him with the helmet on, because I think that when we see him again, we'll see the helmet off a lot more now. Now that he's sort yeah. of now that everybody knows that he takes it off, I think that like in most combat situations he'll definitely have the helmet on, just like Boba, but that from time to time he will take it off. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But that said, no. I mean, like Boba put the helmet on and he hasn't taken it off since. So that's true. I, yeah, that's right. I, that's right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You no, want to continue? Great fight. Yeah, great fight. And I'll just, you know, as far as Gideon, like I said, just eating up the scenes, he's just chewing it up. He's yeah. so good. He's so he's so fun to hate. And he has that Darth Vader kind of look to him with the, all the black and the cape. Yeah. Um, but great stuff. Uh, back aboard the bridge, Din arrives with Moth in shackles. Grogu and the dark saber in hand. Bo-Katan does not look pleased. Gideon asks Kreeze if she's just going to kill Din now. And the team looks so on confused. Din has defeated Gideon in combat, and now the dark saber belongs to him. Bo-Katan can only uh, take it if she defeats him in combat. Without the dark saber, she has no claim to the throne of Mandalore. And of course, Mike, this kind of threw the internet into a storm. Like, wait a minute, yeah. you know. <laughs> I think it's. Here's the thing, and it's the only thing I could think of is like, it's combat because because Din actually won it in combat. Now, when she got it from Sabine, it was Sabine didn't get it from combat. She just what I think she found it or something, and she's like, no, hey, here you no, go, okay, right? okay, 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 no. yeah. Here, here, let, let me let me run down the history of the dark from Darth Maul to actually let's go back, let's go back. So Pre Vizsla okay. has it right. Uh, Maul kills Pre Vizsla, takes the dark saber. Um, Somehow Maul managed to hang on to the dark saber, uh, uh, in the midst of being attacked by uh, uh, Sidious. But uh, mm-hmm. well, whatever, regardless, because um, you would have thought that Sidious would have snatched that thing up. But I uh, just for his collection, really, more than anything. But mm-hmm. yeah. but I uh, somehow Maul manages to ha- hang on to it. He holds on to it until I uh, until Sabine takes it from his. Uh, his his hovel on um, on uh, uh, Dathomir, right? Dathomir. Is where they find him, and I, and then she briefly, I think, loses it to Gar Saxon, and then fights him and gets it back, um, and then she gives it to Bo Katan and says, "I'm not, I'm not like the leader of the Mandalorians. You are." Mm-hmm. Now, in the time between that and Mandalorian, at some point, Bo-Katan loses the Darksaber. Here's my read on it. There's one of two things here. Either uh, you can be given the Darksaber, but if you lose the Darksaber in combat, the only way to get it back is through combat. Is combat. Okay. Right? Yeah. It can, it can be gifted, but because... Gideon says very clearly she like if she wants it back. Right. Like if she wants it again. Right. Because she's had it already, but she lost it to him. And now Din has defeated Gideon, which means that in order for Bo-Katan to rightfully reclaim it, she has to defeat Din in combat. Right. Mm. Um. The other the other avenue for this is that yeah she took the the dark saber and then she tried to unite the clans with the dark saber, but it wasn't like it didn't work, and that's why they were defeated. That's why the Mandalorians were able to to be defeated uh, by the Empire because the dark saber itself was not enough. Like like when when the other clans heard that it was just handed to her by Sabine, 
then like they were like well then it, you have no authority here <laughs> right mm-hmm. it's not yeah. the it's not the dark like as gideon says it's not the dark saber it's the story that holds the power right and without that she doesn't have a claim to the throne so um the, either either one of these is viable as i've said like based on the the um the dialogue that we're presented with in this episode either one of these is a possibility in my mind the other part of it is just that the mandalorians are wildly inconsistent because they are not one <laughs> monoculture yeah. right like they're they they have subgroups within mandalore and so like like look we dealt with this last season with the helmet and now we understand, and it's exactly what we thought, which is that like Din was part of a group of Mandalorians that don't take off their helmets. It's yeah. not. Sometimes it's not a mistake, and it's not as complicated as people want it to be. Sometimes the story is as simple as you can easily suss out. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it doesn't always need to be the Ten Commandments of Mandalore, right? Like sometimes it's <laughs> as simple as like exactly what Gideon says. It's like, yeah, she had the dark saber before, but she didn't win it. You guys know that you've seen the thing. She didn't win it. She was handed the dark saber. She wants to rule Mandalore. She has to win it right now. The only person with the, with a claim to the throne of Mandalore is Din Djarin because he won that thing in combat. He bested Gideon and, and he's got the story. They, along with the help of his allies with these other Mandalorians, he took this cruiser (laughs) They defeated the dark troopers and he got the dark saber. Now here's the thing. I, I, when we get to the dark troopers in a minute, when they come back, um, Din could have defeated a bunch of the dark troopers. He just doesn't realize it yet. Or he didn't. Oh realize yeah. It yet. Yeah. Cause he's, yeah. he has the weapon yeah, to defeat saber. dark troopers, but yeah. anyways, yeah. uh, it's not important because somebody else is going to show up and that's the important part. <laughs> I, but yeah. I, I, yeah, let me, let me continue. Let's power through the rest of this so that we can talk about what we want to talk it. about. Uh, before the conversation can continue, uh, sorry, no, uh, yeah. Can continue a proximity alarm blares. The dark troopers are returning to the ship. Din had a hard enough time defeating one of the battle droids. How will they handle a whole platoon? The black armored automatons make their way throughout the ship, a squad headed toward the bridge. They close the blast doors, blocking them from accessing the bridge, but the dark troopers are not deterred. Two of the droids begin pounding the blast doors, rocking the surrounding bulkhead. It's only a matter of time before they break through. Keep going. Just keep going. Yeah. Suddenly another alarm blares. A ship is approaching. It's a single X-Wing fighter. Grogu takes notice. It lands, and a lone figure appears from the ship, clad in black cloak. It heads towards the first squad of dark troopers as Din and the others watch on the security monitors. The figure ignites their green-bladed lightsaber and cuts through dark trooper after dark trooper. Seemingly undeterred, it's a Jedi. Um, Do you want to talk about this now? I uh, well uh, let's talk, let's let's talk about right here the fact that yeah. Gideon is afraid when they say it's oh, a Jedi yeah. his yes. face changes <laughs> for the first time we see true fear in in Gideon's eyes he knows that the the game is up and this is where he becomes desperate so I uh, exactly. I'll, I'll I'll continue through this next part Gideon takes advantage of the distraction to attempt to assassinate Grogu when he is thwarted he turns the gun on himself but Kara incapacitates him before he can get his shot off. The Jedi emerges from the turbo lift at the end of the hallway, 
and engages the remaining dark troopers using a lethal combination of martial prowess and mastery of the force. Grogu wants to see this Jedi, so Din opens the blast doors. The Jedi emerges from the smoke-filled hallway and pulls back his hood. Now, we don't get the name here, but obviously we know who this is. We've known who this is from the second we saw the green lightsaber. There was a question in everybody's mind of, is this a fake out? Mm-hmm. Is that is that I, Ezra? Because Ezra has a, has a green lightsaber. And and Ezra's green lightsaber is very similar in construction to um to Luke's. But here's the thing. Ezra doesn't have his lightsaber wherever he is. Sabine has his lightsaber. The last mm-hmm. thing he did before he asked the Purgles to jump them into hyperspace was give Sabine his lightsaber and say, You'll give this back to me one day, right? Like I'm I I'm not I'm not giving it to you. Are you just holding on to it for me? So like that's super important. And and I feel like a few people may have forgotten that in the excitement of this moment. Um, but when we see that black hand, you see that that hilt, there's no denying who this is. Um, it's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yeah. Come on. It's mm. Luke Skywalker. You, like it's crazy. Yeah. My only problem <laughs> is that they didn't use Sebastian Stan, but I understand. They used Mark Hamill. He was there. He he performed yeah luke skywalker on set i'm interested to see the gallery episode that that will show us how they did this exactly what they did and whether or not like mark hamill himself was in the costume or whether or not like i I guarantee you for the combat stuff it was somebody else but whether or not in those final scenes it was him um the tech that they used was good it got it got the idea across but he was almost unrecognizable so to me it's like that's where you kind of made the Mm -hmm. wrong call but um it wasn't i don't think that this was as good as tarkin or leia in rogue one and it needed to be oh no um yeah but uh but regardless like in terms of story come on who else was it gonna be that's what i say the other jedi that we that we quote unquote know is alive it's it's ezra ahsoka and luke and mm-hmm. you could make an argument for Cal Kestis. You could make an argument for, for Quinlan Voss. But there is something about saying, like, like, like we got to keep the circle small. We have to for the story. Um, and once we get to Ezra's story, we can start to open that up, right? And we can start to bring other characters into the galaxy. But from here... In order for the sequel trilogy to work, it has to be Luke Skywalker is the only mm-hmm. Jedi that the galaxy knows about. If there's anybody yeah. else out there, they are in hiding until after Rise of Skywalker. Um, mm-hmm. that, and that's just yeah. the way that it's got to be. It's just the way that it's got to be. But I, but yeah, I mean, like, come on. This sequence was so good. It was so good. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I didn't watch this until Friday and I knew you'd watched it. And mm-hmm. it was one of those things where... When I saw I don't warn you, I was like, do not, do <laughs> not let this get spoiled. Dude, oh my gosh, no. And and here's the thing, like, when that X-Wing flew past, you know, I was watching it, the whole family was here, the boys are on the couch, and we all kind of looked at each other, like, no, are they going to do it? And a part of me was, I didn't want to believe it, because I didn't want to have myself expect something. Like, I wanted it so bad to be Luke, that if it wasn't, I was going to be so let down, I go... 
I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm just going to let it play out. And then you see the hood. And I'm like, I think it is. I think it is. And you see the green and you're like, of course it is. Of course it's like, like you said, Mike, it has to be him. This guy is so powerful right now. And of course, this is what all of us, especially us older fans wanted to see with Luke, right? This is, this is, I mean, we were, people were crying. I mean, there's dozens of videos online of people just going nuts about it. I was doing the same thing. I had this giant smile on my face watching him do his thing like a like a super jedi i mean this is this is him at like not maybe not max yet but he is super powerful the 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 shot of him going down the hallway just like vader did in rogue one yeah. oh my gosh it, he used it, the force there, crush yeah oh my gosh come on this is amazing <laughs> it's and, awesome and, oh, one more thing he, yeah one more thing he does a move with his lightsaber that kind of calls back to Anakin where he swings it behind yeah. his back and he blocks a, a, a blaster bolt. And then uh, it's just, oh my gosh, Mike, I was losing my mind. Such a well, satisfying yeah, ending. There are, there are direct parallels to, um, to, to Rogue One, to the scene with Vader in the hallway, right? Like there are yeah. the, like intentional parallels. There's no other way to, to look at it. Um, but I, I, there's also there's a lot of discourse online about whether or not this is right for the story and it's like look i get i get it if you are a fan that entered via the sequel trilogy specifically if you're one of the fans of which there are many that entered via the last jedi you have a certain opinion of luke skywalker Mm -hmm. i get it i totally get it that opinion of Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker is not the hero that he once was in The Last Jedi until the end of the movie. It When he shows up on Crate, and, and yes, he's not physically there, but when he shows up, he is this Luke again for the first time in a long time. Like, so in a, for the first time since the temple, right? Mm-hmm. Since that night at the temple. It's important. This all has to happen, right? And if you have that opinion of Luke Skywalker, that's a valid opinion in that time period. But if you go back to the original trilogy, Luke is the hero and you have to bear that in mind. And that for a Mm -hmm. lot of fans, that's where they're coming from. The other part of this is that you've got fans coming from the prequel era and those fans from the prequel era look at Luke and go, yeah, but he never did anything that Obi-Wan and Anakin did. We never saw him do what Mace Windu or Yoda can do. Right. And it's like, well, here you go. You get to see that. So the prequel fans are fed because they get to finally see Luke Skywalker, Jedi Master, do what Anakin and Obi-Wan would have done in this situation. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. The original trilogy fans are fed because they are finally getting what they have wanted since the end of Return of the Jedi, which is Luke Skywalker, (laughs) you know, at his most powerful. Right. Sure. Yeah. The, the sequel trilogy fans, I think, have a harder time reconciling this because that Luke is not painted in the same light. And, and that's tough. But the thing is, is that in order to get to The Last Jedi Luke, in order for that story to play out the way that it does, we have to have this Luke. I agree with you. He is the most powerful he's ever been in this scene, probably, right? This is Luke at the height of his power. It is also Mm -hmm. Luke at the height of his hubris. He's defeated Vader and the emperor, right? He defeated Vader by redeeming him, but, but, and then Vader defeated the emperor, but like he, he overcame that. Right. 
So this Mm -hmm. is Luke riding high on the victory. This is five years after Return of the Jedi. He hasn't lost yet, right? Right. He hasn't learned the lesson that he, that it actually takes him another like 10 years to learn, but the lesson that begins in the temple in that room with, with Ben Solo, right? Which, which is that violence isn't the answer, right? Mm -hmm. Going, going straight for the lightsaber isn't, always the best solution that isn't the path of a jedi he still this luke that we see here still hasn't learned the lesson of yoda which yoda learns in revenge of the sith wars not make one great right adventure and excitement Mm. a jedi craves not these things and i don't necessarily think that luke is like going around looking for a fight but he's definitely quick to ignite his lightsaber yeah when what like yeah. so? There are some people who have said like, well, okay, well, well, what's he gonna do? Use compassion to defeat the droids? No, he's he could deactivate them with the force, <laughs> right? Like he can project mm-hmm. himself across the galaxy. He, the it, like like people tend to look at the force in terms of powers and not in terms of what it is, which is the energy field that creates everything. It binds all living beings together. And if we look at droids as sentient, they they might be able to tap into that in some way that we haven't seen yet, right? Like, like I just, I hate it when people limit the force to what we've already seen because that's like limiting God to what we already know about God and we're human beings. We can't understand God. And Luke Skywalker in this scene is a 30-ish year old man. Right. Uh, he's probably like, I guess if we do the math, he was in his early 30s in Return of the Jedi. Right. So he's in like his late 30s here as a person who is in his mid 30s right now. I don't know everything. <laughs> I haven't learned all the lessons. <laughs> he's not wise yet. He isn't Obi-Wan Kenobi. He isn't Yoda. Right. And it's not yeah. he's Obi-Wan. He's he's a he's a mirror, like a dark shadow of Obi-Wan in The Last Jedi when we meet him. And by the end of that, and when we see him in Rise of Skywalker, whatever your problems are with this scene, which I have my own, but when he, we see him there, he's Yoda. He's he's ascended and he's and he's learned the final lessons. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all part of the story. Every step of this needs to happen. And it means that we get to have our cake and eat it too. And that's awesome. We get to have Luke running around the galaxy with his green lightsaber and his X-Wing with R2 by his side, snicker snacking through jet, through droids and fighting the, the, the Knights of Ren and doing all of this stuff. We get to have that Luke Skywalker. There's nothing wrong with getting that Luke Skywalker. There's also nothing wrong with Grogu going with that Luke Skywalker, which we'll talk about in a second. Let's let's continue through. Let's do these last two paragraphs, and then we'll talk about about Grogu's okay. future. Yeah. Uh, let's see where are we at. He motions. No wait. Yeah. Where are we at? Yeah. Oh, no, okay. that's where we are. Yeah. He motions towards Grogu and beckons the child. Grogu is apprehensive, and Din mistakes this for fear. The Jedi translates that Grogu is asking for permission. Din picks up the child and holds him close, saying his goodbye. He promises Grogu that they will see each other again. The child reaches out for the Mandalorian's face, and Din removes his helmet, revealing himself to Grogu. He tells the child not to be afraid. Um, you know, great scene, obviously. It's just yeah. you know, tearjerker scene. Uh, go ahead. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I've watched it three times, and all three times it gets me. <laughs> so it's it's fantastic. And yeah. the music here, we got to shout out Ludwig Gorenson. The score here is incomparable. This is as good as Star Wars music has ever been. 
I, it's not like, I'm not saying it's better than John Williams. It's not right. better than any of the other stuff. What I'm saying is that like this moment, the what's on screen, what we hear in the music, it parallels the best that John Williams has ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, and Star Wars music could not be in better hands than it is with Ludwig Corinson because he's not afraid to push it, but he knows he knows the rules to break the rules. He is a masterful composer, but he is also pushing. I mean, like the Dark Trooper theme that we get throughout this episode is also just like perfection, but it's mm-hmm. different from anything we've ever heard in Star Wars, other than the Ludwig Gordonson stuff that we've heard before. It's all like it is, it's almost like a dark version of the IG88 theme that we got last season, right? Mm, um, yeah yeah it's so yeah. good he just does such a, the child's theme is such a great theme um and if you had told me that we would get a baby yoda character and that he would have his own theme and his theme would be just as good as yoda's own theme but completely different like its own unique thing i would have been like you're ridiculous like you're about, you're one of those star wars fans <laughs> yeah. that loves everything like you yeah. think the comic books are good like get out of my face I, but I, I, yeah, like, no, like it's, it's true. As Han Solo says, it's true. All of it. And he sprinkles in that little bit of, uh, some of that OT stuff, you know, the force. He does. Just in the right spot. But not, not too much. Just. No, not at all. Not at all. Just the taste of it. Just hints. Yeah. Um, so that he, you know, that like, he's not, he's not overusing it. Um, yeah. Cause even with Luke here, it would have been so easy to just, to just reinterpret return of the Jedi, but he doesn't, he actually gives Luke a very foreboding, very dangerous theme, which is cool because we get the idea that like, he's a threat and not to our heroes, but, but to the empire. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure. Oh yeah. It's Gideon's perspective. It's the dark troopers perspective. And it's actually like the dark troopers have their own theme. It doesn't sound like the Terminator theme, there are elements of Luke's theme when he shows up in this that are Terminator-esque because mm. he's the Terminator that terminates the Terminators right? <laughs> uh, in, the, in these scenes, right? Anyways, yeah. I uh, let me finish this off. Uh, Grogu is still a bit apprehensive until a familiar blue and white droid appears. Grogu approaches the Jedi who picks him up and turns to head down the hallway. Grogu shares one last look with Din, who nods in approval, and the turbo lift door closes. Uh, obviously, we also get the moment with Luke of saying, you know, may the force be with you. But uh, to me, it's like the important moments here are the moments between Din and Grogu. Um, the next time we see Grogu, he will be a Jedi Knight, I think. Um, mm. And it, and so that's yeah, why I say, like, I think we might get a time jump. I think that we're going to see he's he's going to be he will have progressed. And I think that we'll learn a lot about him when he comes back. And the fact that when we first saw him in season one, when his first appearance, there was he had the appearance and the mannerisms of a baby. Right. But slowly we started to learn that that wasn't necessarily true, that just like Yoda, like, don't be fooled, (laughs) just like Yoda. And as dj says don't let the rapper fool you <laughs> right um man yeah. i love star wars it's just all so good it just all because it just all just ties together in these wonderful ways it's so good having you back matt you bring this out in me and i love it uh, yeah i know right cinema I, uh yeah i yeah like 
Grogu is more than meets the eye. And and I've been banging the drum all season that he is not because everybody's like, oh, he's like a one year old or like a three year old, maybe. And I'm like, no, he's like 10 or 12. Like and 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 I like I'll 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 fight that fight. Um, mm-hmm. But he's a 10 or 12 year old with severe trauma because he's spent oh yeah 30 years yeah in god knows what darkness right mm. um passing from person to person and wh- whoever rescued him from the temple obviously didn't survive um was probably killed in order 66 and he only survived as a result like so many of the padawans that made it out like 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 Caleb Dune uh, uh like uh like Cal Kestis um mm-hmm. like Anybody who made it out of Order 66, with the exception of Yoda and Obi-Wan, made it out at great cost to themselves. <laughs> uh, and yeah. I would even, like, Seer, I would include in that from from my, my, um, my, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, because, like, like she does give in to the dark side eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, she loses herself and she eventually like, like sort of renounces the Jedi path as a result. So like, like any of the Jedi that we've seen that survived uh, or the Padawans, like there's, there's so much, so it's such a cost. It's such a price that they pay. And a lot like, like Cal, uh, Din, uh, sorry, Grogu closed himself off to the force. And, uh, and I think that emotionally he regressed. And so I think that as, as this season has gone on, we've seen him come out of that, especially once he met Ahsoka. All of a mm. sudden, there was this yeah. intelligence to Grogu that we hadn't seen before, right? Um, and yeah. I and so I think that when we see him again, he will be a teenager. Um, and And he, and like, oh man, God willing, he will have a lightsaber. And he <laughs> will awesome. he will speak. Woo! And I think that that'll be that'll be the reveal. And I think we might not get it until the end of next season, um, yeah. the next season of Mandalorian. It's like or or uh, uh, maybe even further down the road. But uh, but he will I he will return. And when he returns, it'll be to save Din from something. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. and he'll be on his own, I think. I. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, he's he's gonna go. He's gonna train. He's gonna. I th- and there are some people who have a problem with that, with the idea of him training and 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 the idea of like, oh, to be a Jedi, you have to train. It's like I I don't I don't necessarily understand where that's coming from, and I wanna I wanna learn more about that perspective because I do think that there's probably a valid lesson in there in that perspective. I do think that that what Luke says is that talent without training is nothing. Yeah, good line. Yeah. Um, because what I'll say is like, like as an illustrator, when I was a kid, I used to, I used to just draw everything freehand, right? Like I would just, I would just like, if I wanted to draw Darkwing Duck, I would just start drawing Darkwing Duck. And I, and I plateaued. I never got better than I was. The more I drew, the the more it stayed the same and my figures mm. stayed the same and my poses stayed the same. And it wasn't until I started working on my fundamentals training that I started to get better and better. And it wasn't until I started doing it on a regular basis and pushing myself and doing things that I'm not used to doing uh, and trying new poses and trying new scenarios and trying different mediums that I started to develop as an artist. And Mm. so to me, like I totally get that perspective is that like, like you can have raw talent, 
like Ray does or like Luke did. And it might manifest in certain ways and it does for Grogu, right? But without training, without discipline, without an understanding and a wisdom that comes with that, um, it's the, it's it's nothing. It's just, it's, it's wasted potential, right? Mm, so yeah. um, I believe that the way that the Jedi trained previously was flawed. And I, so I'll agree with people on that. And I think that Luke might not necessarily understand that lesson yet. And he really needs to sit down with Ahsoka and learn some stuff about why the Jedi needed to end. Cause, cause when Luke says the Jedi need to end in, in the last Jedi, I don't think that he fully understands why the Jedi need to end <laughs> at that point either. Like he just, he's just talking about the Jedi council and that's one part of it, but it's bigger than that. So I don't know. There's a lot, we'll have a lot of time between now and the next season of Mandalorian to dig into this stuff and really, un- and like, like, uncover how we feel about it but to me mm-hmm. like that's kind of where i'm at with it um and i want grogu to go become a jedi that's oh heck why yeah. wouldn't you as of long course. as he as long as he's not in the temple when uh palpatine destroys it i i go go read the knights of or sorry the the the, the rise of kylo ren yeah. comic to understand what i'm talking about there if that's confusing to you but um yeah i i which i don't think that he is I like that. That would be dumb. If this is the last time that we see Grogu, then Disney and Lucasfilm have messed up. Because yeah. what sells better than an adorable baby Grogu? Yeah, Jedi Knight Grogu with his yeah, own yeah. lightsaber and yeah. action figures of him, and like, you know, like, like it's it, it it would be very foolish of them not to bring this character back. So, and I also don't think that that's the story that Dave and John want to tell. So. No, I um, think he's gonna be around for a while. I think this is yeah. the new star, you know, of of kind of this I, era. I think that by the end of the Mandalorian, what we're gonna learn is that Grogu's been out there, and I think that by the end of of all of this, uh, you know, with the with the Ahsoka stuff that's branching off of it, Ezra is out there, and that will all come back together post Rise of Skywalker with Rey. And the new Jedi Order will be formed as a result, mm-hmm. um, yeah. because Ray can't do it on her own. She's she needs Finn, she needs Ezra, she needs Grogu, she needs whoever else is still out there. Hopefully, Cal Kestis is still out there. Hopefully, I uh, hopefully I uh, I uh, uh, oh my goodness, I've forgotten her name. Who's the night sister that's with him? Mira. Is it? Is that, is that uh, What was her name? Yeah. Oh, ah, yeah. man. I think that's right. But in any case, um, you know, like, like, like I hope that these other force users are out there and that they all come together and realize that like the Jedi quote unquote are not like the Jedi are dead. And now the new Jedi will rise and then the Yuzan Vong will show up and then we'll fight them. So (laughs) I, I, and that's where rogue squadron will set that up and uh, and everything will be great. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to get into it? Do you want to read this book of Boba Fett? Coda, yeah, we'll finish it up here in the mailbag. Yeah, yeah, later under the blazing heat of the twin sons of Tatooine, we see the familiar landscape of Jabba's palace. Inside, Bib Fortuna sits atop a throne in the main chamber, fat from years of decadence. Suddenly, blasts ring out from an entryway, and soon a figure descends descends the stairs, taking out the good morning guards. It's Fennec Shand, and she's not alone. Boba Fett follows her and presents himself. Bib is surprised to see the bounty hunter. But not for long as Boba pulls out a blaster and kills the Twi'lek. He steps onto the dais and removes the corpse from the throne, taking a seat as Fennec joins him. 
a bottle of spotchka in hand, and thus begins the book of Boba Fett. And what a you know that end scene yeah. with him sitting there and her it's like a poster right there and and what a scene seeing Bib Fortuna all fat I guess obviously he took over Jabba's empire yeah. but not for yeah. long <laughs> but man what a scene what a scene with these two and and a total so shock good. total shock and and we talked about earlier about where we think this is going to go with Boba Fett I think you're right though yeah. I think he's not as good as we all think he's going to be. But we'll see. So, so here's the thing. This this shot, the ending shot, directly references the opening of I uh, uh, Conan the Barbarian, the the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, yeah, where we see King Conan, King Conan uh, yeah. on on his throne, and uh, 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 heavy sits the crown. Right, uh, uh, I I've got I got that phrase wrong, but. Heavy hangs the crown, right? I, uh, I, uh, and that is what we're setting up here. Uh, Boba is not. I don't think that Boba is interested in Mandalore, but I mean, he's he's said as much. But Boba is interested in the criminal underworld. He he's sick of being a bounty hunter. He's sick of taking orders from other people, and he intends on being the one giving the orders from now on. I mm, uh, yeah. And I, uh, and yeah, I, I, so he, this is, this is absolutely like the book of Boba Fett is absolutely his rise to power as uh, I think actually taking up, I mean, obviously taking Jabba's place very literally, but, but also um, taking the place that, that maybe Darth Maul held I, I as well. Um, mm. I sort of, so I think that we might tie this into some other stuff um, and, I, and I think it'll be very interesting here's one of the things the writing on the back of the throne that those runes it says boba fett so that is his throne there's a lot of missing story here Mm. how did the armor end up in the hands of Cobb vanth when is the last time that bib fortuna saw boba fett right was it is the it was it the battle of the over the sarlacc pit or was it sitting on that throne and did Bib Fortuna betray Boba, and that's why Boba immediately kills him, right? Yeah. Um, regardless, I yeah, I love that these two were presented as as new heroes, um, but then like the the script has been flipped on us, and they are not heroes. They're mm-hmm. they're bad guys. They're both bad guys. <laughs> they haven't they a cheetah can't change its spots, right? Yeah, uh, or leopard can't change whatever. Leopard, but it, yeah, it, yeah. Tiger can't change its stripes, right? They are what they are, and and they are wiser, and maybe not as malicious as they once were. I I wouldn't consider Boba evil or Fennec, but they aren't heroes, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. let's be really clear. It's not yeah. like Din, who has become, who has gone from being a bounty hunter to being a hero. Now Din is a hero, right? He's the he is the 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 savior of mandalore he's the he's the the rightful ruler of mandalore um very different things very different mm-hmm. things but i love it because i what i want to see is those two paths diverge um those characters they've come together for this brief po- moment in time but now they're going to diverge and when boba goes after cobb cobb's going to have to call on din uh to to help him and that's going to put Din and Boba on opposite sides of the, of the, uh, 
the the fight and i think that's going to be interesting to see Ooh, so yeah yeah that's like that's because there's no way that we're going to spend time on tatooine and Cobb vanth isn't going to come back into it when you got an ace up your sleeve like like timothy oliphant you don't yeah. waste it right um so yeah there's no way that we're not going to see him uh let's jump into the mailbag really quick over on instagram uh black underscore james 20 i uh, i i i basically said hey we know what the what the moment is everybody's favorite moment from this episode <laughs> but how awesome was it his response i screamed i smiled and i cried so many emotions probably the best star wars content since return of the jedi look i can't make an argument against that if that's how you no. feel that's how you feel uh, there's been some really great stuff uh, star wars rebels has had some real real awesome moments that parallel this um certainly solo has some incredible stuff uh, and the sequel trilogy does have its highs um yeah, yeah. but but your point is well taken black underscore james 20 uh it was pretty awesome it was yeah. pretty awesome well here's the thing too uh, like yeah go ahead i was gonna say you know as far as luke is concerned i know that's what he's talking about mm-hmm. dave and john I think the part of them that they wanted to do, do to do this because they knew like the fans were going to go crazy of it. And, and, and it's probably something they wanted to see as well. But like we said, it also fit the story. Um, and I, I know you, you kind of harped on that and that's, and that's what I want to kind of reiterate is for the story. It made perfect sense. Who else is going to make it? He's powerful enough to, to hear that, that stone from, from Grogu and he shows up and Grogu's ears, you know, perch up and he's he's clawing at the screen as he sees luke coming to 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 get him so yeah for the story um it totally made a a lot of sense and it wasn't just quote-unquote fan service it made sense for the story so i just wanted to reiterate that uh we got another email too huh uh, yeah, and we got an email from Sherston. Uh, she writes in Deus ex Lucana, uh, which I 100% agree with. He just comes in and <laughs> the god in the machine yeah. uh, uh, saves the day. Uh, the all strings version of the theme for the credits, Din having to give up his baby when Bo wants to kill him. What a finale. After that, and that, sorry, after the after credit scene, Mike, are you looking forward to having to cover another show with a book guiding a person's revenge plot? No idea if that's what Boba's story will be about, but if it is, I look forward to Quiver Redux. Um, she's referencing Arrow, where mm-hmm. I, I that that series started with Oliver with his uh, his little black book of all the people that he had to kill, um, get revenge on, and the book of Boba Fett. Which that's what she's saying. Is that, <laughs> that that's and and honestly, I think that's what the book of Boba Fett is referring to. Is that like this is going to be. Uh, an airing of grievances. Uh, <laughs> Boba's Boba's got Festivus. some people on a list, uh, and he's he's gonna he's gonna deal with them in turn. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I'll just cl- I'll just close out my thoughts and just saying like, you know, this whole season has been fantastic. I've enjoyed it a little more than season one. Every episode was had some great things about it and things I loved, and even ep- this episode was fantastic and then it just had that that ending scene that just kind of blew it out of the water and i'll just say like ever since the armor said hey you need to take this child to those jedi wizards or however she worded it it was in the back of my mind like oh can and can they do it can they yeah. bring luke in and i've been thinking that since season one and it finally came through um yeah i loved it i loved everything about it 
I didn't even mind the CGI. I, it was something where I thought maybe they were trying to hide. They didn't want it to leak. This was one thing you really don't want to leak out there. And maybe doing CGI kind of saved them from bringing Sebastian. If you bring Sebastian Stan in for anything, immediately people are going to go, Luke Skywalker. Because we all want that, right? Um, yeah. So I maybe that had something to do. And it was a quick scene. So, and, and oh, one last thing. I think you're right, dude. I didn't think about this, but you said it. When he, him coming in there and, and laying waste everything, like like you said, he didn't have to do that. And there was a li- there is a little bit of hubris there now that I think about it, now that I watch it over and over again. Like he's doing force pushes, he's doing he's doing force um crushes. Like, does he really need to do that? Um, is he just kind of showing off a little bit there? Is he is he that powerful? He's just like, look at me, you know, like is there a little bit of that going on? I don't know. Uh, but it's something to think about. For sure. I think you were onto something there, Mike, when you said that. So just want to throw that out there too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I uh, awesome. Well, uh, with that, I think we're done. I think we're yeah, done for it. the season. I think we're done for 2021 for, sorry, for 2020. And we will see you guys next year. I, I don't, I, th- I think we're going to come back. I think we'll come back and maybe do a bit of a round table, maybe get you and, uh, and, and some of our other guests from this season uh back on the mic and i i and and talk about the season in general sort of talk about our highlights and and whatnot in the new year um and i and and certainly once we get a a release for release date or release window at least for uh for bad batch then we'll we'll come back and talk about that but uh uh, make sure that you're subscribed to faster more intense on podcast services and as well as rebel cells because uh we will be back with both in 2021 um but uh but also just uh you know like do do all the stuff follow us on all the places so that you can keep up with all all the stuff but most importantly i think uh if you follow me i'll make sure that i'm communicating when we're doing stuff um on the different shows because we've also got thunderquack we'll also have uh some sort of marvel coverage for for wandavision and uh falcon and winter soldier right so uh w- w- t- next year is going to be better than this year in terms of content coming out we won't be quite as bare um but uh and so we'll have stuff to cover and not necessarily have as many of the topic episodes but we are going to do that stuff as well so um so yeah look forward to that next year but for now we're gonna sign off for 2020 i uh, it's been a year <laughs> oh, <laughs> for yeah. some of us more than Woo! others i uh, but i uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but thank you to everybody who's been supporting us throughout and uh, and thank you to all of the guests that we've had this year. Um, it's been awesome and I couldn't have done this without them. So I, uh, yeah, thank you, Matt, for, for, for coming back for this one, <laughs> making sure that we, we made this happen. And yeah, I, definitely. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to, to talking Star Wars in 2021. I, thanks everybody for listening and, uh, and we'll catch you on the next episode. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Star Wars FMI. If you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch, or by heading to patreon.com thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support. Your pledge gets you early access, exclusive podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you.
faster, more intense is part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com for more great podcasts.